Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome hey, what's going on? Carbonite Bonnie BS. How are we doing today? I'm good. Having yeah. a hard time hearing you. Speak up, buddy. Audio's not good? That's not great. That's okay. It's uh, an important episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, big episode. But uh, before we even get anything, uh, let's let DP let you guys know where to find us at. We are back again. We were, you just seen Eric on like the Nerd um, Comic Flick show, you know, talking about the Batman. Today, we're going to be talking about um, Obi-Wan and um, the big day, the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, episode So, but make sure that, you know, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, um, you are hitting that subscribe button and also hitting that notification button. So anytime that we're on, you know that we're on. Um, we are Carbonac Bounty BS. We also have a um, Facebook page um, that you actually a Facebook group that you, act, you can actually go on and um, join and have you all, all your favorite um, uh, Star Wars memes and just Star Wars discussion, period. It's called Carbonac Bounty BS, um, a Facebook group right on Facebook. Um, if you are watching us, thank you for that. And um, make sure that you go into a website and anytime that you want to... Um, to catch us on social media, we're at Nerdcyclopedia on Instagram, Facebook, and also on Twitter. Um, if you are um, listening to us in your car, on your on your um, on your phone, we are on Apple um, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. And most of all, if you want to leave us some feedback on the stuff that you like hearing from us, nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. Really appreciate that, man. It's it's good. And as you guys, as DP said, I mean, we have a lot of lot of fun stuff across all our platforms, whether it be Carbonite Bounty BS here or, you know, if you guys, you know, look at some of our other podcasts, we just went over and all of Nerddom, the review of the Batman. So please, as he said, interact with us on all our platforms as we move forward, as we try to keep you guys with the coolest content. But uh, an interesting side note, you know, they kind of broke this morning and it you know, we kind of put in the group chat. I didn't anticipate this. I don't think anybody anticipated the date. There were like, you know, Super Bowl commercials. There was May the 4th. And then like out of the air, my phone's blowing up. And I'm like, what is this YouTube notification from Star Wars? And I look and uh, once again, you know, just speechless of what I've seen. I mean, so before we even get in our review of Empire Strikes Back, let's just dive into this breaking news of, the Star Wars Obi-Wan trailer, uh, you know, I'll start with uh, with Hitch because he's had some pretty hot takes on this. I mean, what were your initial reactions? Because when I seen it, I, I had to watch it like five times in a row just to make sure I thought I'd seen what i seen. Well, I got an idea, and my idea is let's watch it now on this show, and then let's do a live <laughs> reaction. That's my idea. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the Obi-Wan Kenobi trip. The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. The key. Jedi. 
his patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Where is he? really like tops it off for me yeah yeah, yeah. how awesome is that stuff I, this is such a this is a piece of the canon that we've been waiting on for a long time you know uh luke skywalker was protected by obi-wan did he know him like what was going on how did you hide a kid that was like the most force sensitive kid ever on tatooine where we know you can't hide a kid that's really force sensitive we watched him find him they found him uh wow I, i'm super excited I'm, I'm really stoked for this series especially after boba fett because now we're getting to go like like I say often on on this show that it seems like there are several days that are today in Star Wars, um, and it seems like we're getting one of those days in the middle, right around the Rebels time frame. Uh, so very very exciting for those of us who just did an entire rewatch of Rebels. Uh, you know, super awesome. Really love it. And Ewan McGregor, man. Oh man. Yeah, it looks like what he has eight today. <laughs> what great casting he was in in like '97, man. It, and he really came through, you know, all through the prequel trilogy. Honestly, in a way that other actors didn't in that in that setting. Uh, <laughs> always very very good. Um, always a very good mixture of his own characterization plus an Alec Guinness impression, which you got to do. You have to do. Uh, so I'm very excited. What do you guys think? Um, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, they had me an inquisitor. We was talking, you know, offline and everything. Once I seen the inquisitors, you know, um, that's from straight like clone wars, rebels type stuff. I'm like, yeah, you guys are just like, you know, you're including everything. So you're not leaving nothing out. You know, you're including the stuff and seeing like the spinning saber and everything. Oh man, that was just like some, it was some good stuff. You know, I had some pretty intriguing stuff. So we get like a new character. I don't know who she is, you know, um, but she looks like, you know, real, badass if you want to call her that um so i can't wait to see you know with that with with that it looks i mean it looks polished it looks like a movie it looks like it should be like you know on the big screen and everything you know um um seeing you know even mcgregor back i mean it's good to see him after you know such a long bout from like you know the star wars universe and stuff so just see him back and seeing what actually happens with obi-wan after the whole clone war stuff you know i'm 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 stoked to see what's 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 happening with this guy you know um how does he you know i mean what what is his daily you know activities and stuff you know what is he hi you know how is he hiding and everything um i mean it's a lot of exciting stuff that you know i'm sure that we're you know that we're going to see but um but the inquisitor stuff that just that just had it for me i second that as well dp i mean you know the inquisitors in live action i mean the spinning saber i was just like wow but uh you know, this this seems like it's setting up. And I mean, I, I believe they said this. This is supposed to be Star Wars darkest tale. I mean, 
the intro says it all. We failed, right? So we, we've talked about how fragile Kenobi has been mentally. Um, and this is really that breaking point to where, you know, we, he, you know, he grays out this kind of old man Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it ties into why or what happened, how he was in hiding. I mean, we go to episode, you know, four, as we did the review, the Inquisitors are gone. So does he, you know, does he kill them all in the series? I mean, once again, it's a short run. So they got, I think, a lot to pile in. But as we saw in Boba, I mean, we didn't think they'd finish it off in one season, but they did. So very excited for this series. Um, so much to tie in. I'll tell you what, I mean, I, these Inquisitors, I, you know, there's a couple Jedi, and I'm sure there'll be Jedi in here that survive that we'll see. I, I mean, they look like they're about to hack some people up. So, uh, <laughs> so it looks like we're going to get a lot of lightsaber action here, a lot of, you know, a lot of stories we didn't know, you know. I mean, as me and Hitch always talk about more Sith-type things, you know, this this was the future of the Sith. You weren't, there was a rule of two, but there was no saying that they can have these Inquisitors, which were defected uh, – temple guards and whatnot that uh you know were able to be force sensitive to have lightsabers just not be lord so very excited that they're going this route and um yeah i, I can't wait till uh, may 25th to review it with you guys that evening oh yeah that's be great gonna, that's gonna be awesome for it to come back on what was the whole like you know so it was a line they was talking about like jedi is um uh, it, it would just make it seem like the Jedi's were like the bad guys and everything, you know. Well, remember, yeah, yeah well, you, you have to remember though that guy, the Grand Inquisitor, was the Grand Temple Guard, so he was a guy literally that protected Yoda with the saber. So he literally knows everything about Yoda's order, um, which is interesting, you know. And as we get into you know the Empire Strikes Back, I think you know as we talk about these stories and we get an Empire Strikes Back, it really leads us to believe how big of a failure. Um, Yoda's order was. I mean, it was really, it was really, as we say, he was the you know greatest Jedi of all time, arguably, and how the order was. But I mean, you know, you have the Temple Guards who were his most loyal people. Now Inquisitors that fell to the dark side. How does your most loyal people, your guards of the Coruscant Temple, become you know people hunting their same people they defended down? So this story has a lot, a lot to tell, and these Inquisitors have to, you know, have a lot to tell. I'm excited. I think what they're saying when they say, like, it's just that Jedi's nature is they're going to go and they're going to oppress a lot of people and be really unjust. And the Jedi's sense of justice will force them to come forward no matter what they do. They won't be able right. to suppress it. So they won't be able to let things go by. And when they stick their head up to try to quit, you know, get you to quit it, that's when you, that's when you get them. So the Empire's, like, regime of brutality is measured to make the rest of the Jedi come out. So there's a purpose to the suffering they're inflicting, and it is to inflict suffering. That's diabolical in a way that I that really is like a new layer of diabolical for the Empire. Yeah, right. for the Empire, right. <laughs> like the the er the er like you know nihilistic um, you know amoral Empire, right? in science fiction and, and we're getting another layer of depth to that now which i really enjoy yeah and, and the cool thing hitch as you said is that's one of the uh, sith commandments suffering so you're really seeing that which is you know empowering these these dark side users if you will these inquisitors to be stronger with with the dark side of the force is this suffering is is part of the you know the the laws the commandments if you will of the sith so very interesting take on this um like i said this story looks very interesting how many commandments do they have? I mean, you know, I mean, well, there's pain, there's, dark, there's suffering, pain, there's, suffering. You know, wow, 
<laughs> really? Uh, suffering our commandments. You know, the damages you get in court. Tradition, you know. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds like the stuff you see written on like a uh, like the side wall of a football team's locker room. <laughs> suffering, <laughs> tradition, pride. Like it's right. all. Notre, the Notre Dame, that's like the Notre Dame locker room. You can yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, you know, you go into like the Shazam cave and everything, all your like seven sins and stuff, you know, just right there. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the Sith. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the Sith, the yeah. dark side, just, you know, in a, in a nutshell. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving everything I'm seeing, you know, um, you know, the action that's, that's, it's, it's, um, what we seen with Boba Fett, was more like the grounded like you know the desert you know you know desert you know type of environment we're seeing in obi-wan to me at least for the scenes that they showed us more of like the city you know more of like the um you know the, some of the stuff that we we seen in like rebels and everything um and like you know clone wars and uh, bad batch and stuff more like you know the the atmosphere um not so much as is like in you know in a desert although we know that um, Obi Wan does eventually, you know, go out that way and stuff, but um, but we're seeing a lot more scenery than what we did with like Mandalorian, um, city stuff more than what we did with Mandalorian and um, Boba Fett to a degree. Right. Of course, it's an important piece of the of the galactic puzzle. You know, the capital matters, and who controls the capital matters in the society. So, you know, I always thought it was weird in the original trilogy that we don't really see Coruscant at all. I always thought that was a wild thing to say for the very last montage of, you know, Jedi in 97, right? That's what makes sort of said, oh, it's the Imperial City. Uh, so it's great to see more of the urban environments because the one thing about the galaxy far, far away is it's so immense size lets you just do whatever you want as far as setting. Yeah, yeah. It's the beauty of science fiction. It's one of the cool things about, about Star Wars. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like we all said, you know, interesting breaking news today that came up right before the show. So great to be live with us and great to pivot into things like that. You know, it's I, like I said, I didn't expect it to come when it came. So yeah. I mean, we were all set to just, you know, go live with the, um, you know, Empire Strikes Back and everything here. They bless us with, you know, the Kenobi trailer, you know, um, uh, which we've been long, like, you know, you know, waiting for and everything. And, you know, May 25th, it just, you know, it just can't come fast enough. How many episodes is it supposed to be? Mm, I think six, right? Six or seven? Like that. Okay. And I, I see they specifically labeled it as limited series. So yeah. I'm assuming, you know, this is just gonna be big beginning, middle, and end, and that's it. You know. Um, it's amazing how they're doing just doing these movies because I guess Obi-Wan could have easily been a movie, especially with McGregor, you know, McGregor playing, but you got like a lot of story to the um I guess that they want to tell. Um, and I guess Disney right now at this point, Lucasfilm is infatuated with what they're doing on on the on the TV side or on the streaming side that they feel that they could just pivot, you know, these this stuff like you know to the TV um, streaming type stuff. Um, but I could easily see this as like you know um, Obi Wan, you know, Star Wars movie and stuff. You know, why not? Ewan is more than a capable you know um, um, film actor, you know, to carry like a movie by himself. So for him to do this. You know, or come back to do this and everything is 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 a um it's a it's a blessing. It's a great thing. And hopefully, this is like a pilot. This is almost like another pilot where they have the A-list actor come in and do a set, and then say, "Okay, we're we're done." And I think that you know they they pioneered this sort of thing on FX with 
American Horror Story and those sort of the you know periodical um, you know um, uh, you know the the sort of serial sort of series, right? Right. Yeah. And and that's something that's really cool that they're bringing to Star Wars. And if this works and it's really successful and and we can get a type actors coming in to do series, I know Disney is looking to promote Disney Plus as the primary means of delivery because they control it like vertical monopoly. And right. so if I were Disney, I know that's where I'd be putting my eggs in, in my basket. And the fact of the matter is, you know, this is Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, the show tonight, because Star Wars was modeled on that sort of weekly serial, um, yeah. you know, right. blueprint. And so we've discussed on this show many times how we feel like when the show is leaning into that piece of itself, it's doing itself, you know, a service. So I think that's a really great thing about about how they're deciding to move forward. And look. Ewan McGregor is really good at, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this will probably be a really good series. He's like, oh, he's, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, he, he did Fargo. That was that was really good, you know. <laughs> right. He's in a Fargo. <laughs> You know, That's I another mean, example, right? He, he actually played he played two characters, twins in Fargo. Oh, geez, don't you know? Yeah, it was really great. It was yeah. funny seeing him because he, yeah, you're right. He had to put that like uh, balding wig on and like you know the paunch. He had a paunch with one of them, so yeah. he's a dedicated dude. I'm excited. I, I feel like he was one of the guys that, you know, one of the characters where they cast them, and I thought immediately this was a win. And mm. you know, did, he did such a good job. I think in all all the times he got a chance to even when he was doing that investigations in episode two that we hate that we don't want to go into details but he made that character compelling anyway yeah he, yeah, yeah he, despite the dialogue and everything some of the story beats and stuff i mean you know he won't put up you know pulled it off and stuff um made us believe you know he was a good you know obi-wan compared to what we've seen beforehand and everything you know so um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good when they can bring like A-listers, especially since like the A-lister actors, you know, you know, good premium um, film actors aren't getting a really uh, a lot of jobs today. They're actually going on streamers doing work, you know, um, like your uh, Ryan Reynolds and, you know, Gal Gadot's and um, Dwayne Johnson's and stuff, you know, because because of the um, mega blockbusters that has to be on the big screen and everything, it sort of shoved a lot of the smaller stuff you know, to the side where people aren't really going to the show to see um, to see anything but a blockbuster, you know, and everything mm-hmm. else is, you know, more more streaming. So the more we could get the, these actors and actresses to do like, you know, the the, the genre stuff on Disney Plus, you know, on, on, on other streamers, it's, it's a good thing, you know, for us fans. Yeah. And it definitely agree. That's on the Star Wars side. It benefits us on the Marvel side as well. So yeah. we want to see something like, you know, we talked about how cool it would be to see like a Tom Cruise, Tony Stark. I know like we've talked about like, that would be a great variant. You know, this gives the opportunity for things like that to happen because if they can make these, these events like fun for the actor to do and like the production good, then they should be able to duplicate this process over and over until we get tired of it. Whichever, whichever comes first. Yeah, think about it from the actor's perspective. They don't have to go to a foreign location and shoot for, you know, what, eight months? away from their family these are in these small studios um and we've seen it you know henry cavill with the witcher on netflix i mean these a-listers the money's there for them to be paid um because the production on the back end of this not having to be a 400 million dollar production you know so that money that they were going to take aside for the movie they can disperse more of some of these a-listers so 
I really appreciate how some of these actors are thinking outside the box. They are coming on these platforms. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of these people um, doing these these type of streaming shows. So it gives us more content. Uh, it makes a lot of these series more more enjoyable. I feel like because all those Star Wars was built on, you know, as we say, no names or or really um, introductory actors to some extent, even with Daily Ridley in them. Um, these A-listers really take the production. When we saw Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, they really take that that series to that next step, I feel like, and it's polished it even more. So very excited for the future of, of all these series. And, you know, like I said, you know, May 25th can't come soon enough already. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the end of May, you know, it's it's, it's, it's going to be a great it's, – it's already a good year for, like, you know, Star Wars content and everything, you know, combined with, like, Marvel stuff. So – um, yeah, it's always going to be something to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Definitely. Which gives you guys reason to, to kind of discuss things. So um, as we pivot into the kind of, I guess, the, the meat and potatoes of the show, um, let's get into it. Uh, this is our Empire Strikes kind of rewatch or review. So, um, you know, I'll start with DP this time. What were your initial thoughts of your, your watch of the Empire Strikes Back? I, I guess one of my bigger thoughts was I, I'm wondering why this movie meant so much to, you know, hardcore Star Wars fans and everything. You know, um, what was it? What was it about the movie that, you know, just made you guys just like, you know, OK, this is the best one out of the, the trilogy. You know, this is this is the one and everything. And um, it had a lot of good elements and good moments and stuff. Um, you got to take into effect that it was a sign of the times on how they you know how the pacing and everything pacing was a lot more a lot better than the um first one you know um there was a lot of you know action a lot of you know activity going they split our heroes up you know um and had them semi come together you know towards the end but not really um and then we leave off in a cliffhanger which i want to say I, I i think at that point in time since you really didn't have that type of movie before especially trilogies and stuff you know star wars really started like the whole trilogy type thing um for for you to leave on like a a, a cliffhanger um leave a movie on a cliffhanger story and everything it was probably are a you big, saying? Just everyone oh, <laughs> it was probably why are you screaming i said i was <laughs> it was probably like a big thing <laughs> to have um to have a cliffhanger actually happen in the middle of like a um in the middle of a um uh middle of a story you know, we got the first part of the um the 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 story in like the the a New Hope, and then we get the second part with the Empire Strikes Back. And all of a sudden, you know, you're used to like a beginning, middle, and end, but you know, we have Han. You know, Han gets you know, he gets um um put in carbonite and everything, and they're trying to you know figure out where he's at and everything. So uh, I think I can't speculate because I didn't I, mean, I wasn't you know I was just a young boy at that time, but um up. Oh, we got got the moth the moth in the house. He's Sorry, in the it, was house. A, it was a Death Star I had to annihilate. <laughs> had, to, had, to, had to release the garbage, you know, into like the, the ether and then float away, you know. Float away with the rest of the garbage. <laughs> with the rest of the garbage. Oh man. But um but yeah, I mean I, I guess at that point in time, and um Ken, you know, now that he's on, he could probably speak to this. Um it was probably a big impression left on a lot of people that that the movie ended in a cliffhanger, which made it, you know, you know, in hindsight, one of the better, 
you know, moves that a movie can make because it left a lasting impression for you to go into like the very next one. So um, as far as like this, the, the whole movie, it was solid, faster paced in the first one um, and very great interactions with like the characters um, with with our, our main heroes and great introduction to Lando. I'm loving him. Yeah. So we're talking about like Empire Strikes Back. So we're talking about the middle story in a space opera. Right. So the first part we got was real introduced the characters, it was real happy, ended on a very high note. The next act is always dark. Always it it, it has to be. Uh, some of the great operas out there, uh, Madame Butterfly, the the middle the middle um, the middle two acts are actually dark. So mm-hmm. we don't get light until the end. But Empire Empire Strikes Back fit the mold perfectly. For me, it's my favorite film of all Star Wars genre ever. I'm not going to give it a Ken out of Ken because it, it isn't. It's just my favorite movie. I mean, if this thing's on TV, I'm watching it. I don't care where, where it is, I'm watching it. I love the technology, the advance of the Empire, how, how fisty it is. I mean, the Empire cannot go wrong in this film. I mean, they have... They have the rebellion running. They have the rebellion hiding on the coldest planet in the universe. Why would you build a base on a planet that's minus 80 degrees during the day? Does that make sense? That's not a good way to like for like stage a rebellion from. So, I mean, this movie, I mean, we met Yoda. We meant we met like Jedi learning to be Jedi and how, you know, Luke Skywalker's advance into being a Jedi. Just a great film. Loved it. And stormtroopers could shoot in this one. No troopers could shoot. I mean, they were all very well trained and everything was on point. Wampas. So those are my, so just the idea that this film is my favorite. I mean, there's just some cool stuff. Wampas, Tauntauns, and I mean, it just had everything. Had a lot of great stuff in it. I don't know if you guys touched on it or not, but I mean, one of the interesting parts where, as you know, we discuss is how stubborn Luke was. I mean, at this point, you know, it's kind of you see his father in him. You know, before we find out what his father was like, you know, you know, as his mm-hmm. tutelage, you know, kind of the frustration, as you will, as he's learning how to become a Jedi. Uh, I think one of the coolest things is when he's playing, you know, when he's doing the lightsaber training. Shout out to the Star Cruiser that they let you do that for 30 seconds. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was always, you know, the introduction to his training, how he's learning to become a Jedi. And, you know, I guess we see even before prequel kind of Obi-Wan, you know, the failure of a Jedi and, and how they really didn't prepare the younglings at all. I mean, as we see him trying to train Luke, it's really inherent, you know, through his bloodline, what really guides him kind of like, you know, as we tie into the sequel trilogy, you know, Ray and how inherently she, you know, in Grogu, how they inherently through the force kind of guide themselves. So it, it was interesting to see Luke at this point, because when we first saw him, kind of we saw the great escape, as you will, you know, from Vader's clutches. So I, I thought, you know, this is kind of like 1A with me, you know, with between this and return, because that's kind of when he was peak Luke, as we say, but uh I really enjoyed this movie. It had a little bit of everything, which I like. You know, it had your story, had your action, um, and kind of had your cliffhanger there. So, yeah, this was a 
it was a great another great watch for me. And the, the cliff, cliff the uh, cliffhanger was great because it it was uh there was despair, but then there was hope in the music, as yeah, the music Lando was. flew off to find Han. There was a there it was we knew a lot of death had happened. There was a lot of misery and loss, but then there was also hope. So there's always this reoccurring theme in all these things, and we in all the things that none of us can bash about Star Wars that we've watched all hold this formula that you have you have very consistent um themes right that you can connect and hope is one and despair is another like very strong and i think empire had a lot of it a lot more than a new hope or return you know i think there was a lot i think this one really kind of focused on both but really despair was the the big the big element here a lot of a lot of even on the imperial side i mean heck there were a lot of admirals going down left and right at vader's hand <laughs> you know vader was taking him out the ceo yeah, was, of the company was, was taking out his his yeah. board of directors yeah. left and right because moff tarkin wasn't there anymore well one of my favorite things about this is how ruthless this movie is right and i think that's what's so great about about this this movie is that we find out that the empire is not a bunch of bumbling idiots that would do something so stupid and, and leave their their you know their super weapons so vulnerable right we find out no they're competent and we see them systematically search the galaxy find the rebels make the right hunch we see vader do everything right he knows exactly where they are he hires the right people he puts them in the right place he does everything the way he's supposed to do this is the empire winning on a scale that we're just not prepared for and I want to call attention to how many of the, the things that we think of when we think of Star Wars are originated here, yeah. not in that movie. Yeah. The Imperial March. Yeah. The first appearance of the, of the Emperor, although they've improved that, thankfully. <laughs> it looks better now than it did back in the day, right? Uh, we have the word Star Destroyer. Star yeah. Destroyer shows up really here for the first time. And, and I think that there's, you know, bounty hunters. All that stuff just sort of shows up here. We see so much of what is core star wars comes from this movie and i think you can really see especially since we just watched episode four a couple weeks ago the difference between these movies and it smells like money it smells like money the budget on this movie was so much better and you can tell because everything looks better and nothing looks yeah. cheap. Right. nothing looks when you look real close at it like it's a doctor who you know set from bbc it all looks really excellent uh, I, I really, really, really like this print, too. I called this out in our chat. The way this print looks on Disney Plus is phenomenal. It is incredible. I used to think that Hoth was lit like an office. All the interior scenes looked like they were washed out. Everything was white. It looked like they had fluorescent lighting everywhere, which I thought worked in the context. But seeing it here with where it looks like an ice cave, and this is what it looks like on the print, my goodness gracious what what just like what a great opening to this movie and i thought the exterior hawk looked really great too you know the effects didn't age that much and i think that they looked a lot better than star wars as well mm -hmm. so you know when you think about the context of what this movie is it works better than star wars does i think because it is it is actually a middle point so there is there are threads from the previous previous film then that 
move through this movie and into the next one. It makes it feel tied in like a serial, which is, which is again, I think a core piece of what Star Wars is, is a serial. Um, this is one of my favorite movies, like you said, uh, Ken. Um, and I will contend that it is one of the best movies ever made. I will give it Ken out of Ken myself. Uh, <laughs> I will stand up for this movie. I love this movie. Um, I think if you if you begins watching Star Wars just you know as a super casual okay let me just check out Star Wars this Return of the Jedi is on you know um, let me just watch it without even having to watch like Jedi oh, I'm sorry um watch let me watch Empire Strikes Back without having to watch like Jedi or A New Hope and everything this movie still stands it's you can still get into it it can still stand on its own you know of course you have to see Return of the Jedi after it. You know to get the whole context but you can start actually start from there and have um all right you know so this guy you know he's he's um you know he's caught in like you know the, some some winter you know type of scenario and everything and you know he um um then all of a sudden John you know, John's yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then this suave guy comes and tries to save him and everything you know han and stuff um, so the basic story elements are still there from like, you know, from beginning, middle to end. Um, so you could actually come into it and still um, have it as like, you know, good, solid, good, solid watch, you know, without actually having to see like, you know, the other um, like the first one, you know, from, um, you know, A New Hope and everything and still get a gander of the characters. Um, Le uh, you know, Han and Leia, they still have their chemistry where Leia is like a push and pull type of stuff. You could tell that, um, you know, Leia is still carrying that until the point where. Han actually, you know, makes his move and everything and, you know, lays it down on her and everything. Um, <laughs> but um, but you could, you know, still go back, you know, to a new hope and get like, you know, the origins and stuff. So you could start with, you know, you start with um, Empire Strikes Back and put in any type of order to me, you know, and still have it all make sense and still have it all, you know, feel good as far as like a, um, a good solid trilogy like um, um his said they did a real good job with the production and like you know polishing it up to make us feel um a lot more in universe and a lot more um um just a lot more um you know in in the in the in the whole mix of it um when watching this uh i could tell that they did polish some stuff cgi wise you know uh, I'm like, okay, I know it wasn't that polished in like 82 <laughs> or something like that when this came out. Um, but still, they didn't do as they didn't too much do too much to distract. But I don't think even with that that polishing that they did, I don't think it detracted from the movie at all. Mm. Yeah, and one like 100 what you said, DP, and like the only the only um, relationship additive that you could get from Empire Strikes Back is the whole uh, Han Chewie lando thing like the relationship with han and chewie and the introduction of boba fett and how those those four interacted and what yeah. what's their backstory that was huge in empire if you saw a new hope and you and you saw empire strikes back you're like well okay now we're learning a little bit about han but here's like if you saw empire first and then went back and saw a new hope you'd be like oh you'd really get a little bit more of the the background between han and chewie and the how they were put together and how he got his ship and you know a little a little bit more so it was kind of like empire strikes back built the backstory of han a little bit 
it, it would be like, you know, you're watching like a season of a show, you know, like, you know, Hitch was talking about these are episodes and everything. You started with like um, Empire is like the, the beginning episode. Then you get into flashback. So the good thing about yeah. this, this thing here is that you could start with Empire and then flash back to a new hope. And that's your flashback story, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can, you know, if you want to just skip over into Return of the Jedi, it all still works. It's, it still works. That's the 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 sign of, you know, good storytelling. Now, the dialogue, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's the dialogue and everything. But still, the story in itself um, is what it is. Um, and it, 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 it just works. It works. I want to stand up for the dialogue here. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're shortchanging it. Listen, your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first mar- marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Beautifully written. And <laughs> beautifully written. Yeah, I, mean, that's why... I love you, I know, right? Ah, great line. Yeah, great, great, great Everything line. Everything Vader says is incredible in this movie. I, I, Everything yeah. he says. I'm... I'm watching this movie and I'm seeing, okay, well, this is where they got it from. This is where they got it from. You know, this is where a lot of the, the tropes that you've that have been played over and over from like cartoons, from like, you know, other movies and everything, even TV shows to a degree. This is where they, they got it from and everything. You know, a lot of the, the tropey lines, I mean, it's it's really shameless how um a lot of those stories just blatantly stole from Star Wars. With, with their lines and tropes and stuff i'm like wow and um to hear it you know to hear it back you know it's like okay well we've heard all that before but this is what the, this is like the original this is where they got it all from so i mean it's it's, it's crazy how um you you were talking about how um you know hope happens like uh or doesn't really happen in like you know the middle portion um a lot of the 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 the, the stuff that people the, the the you know uh future directors or whatever bite off of is just the the beginning and the end they don't really concentrate on the middle and you get like a lot of a stale just filler stuff from other future stories that they're just that just use the tropes as thinking that this was a big thing so if star wars did this all you need is like a guy who um you know a, a guy who's trying to find himself and then a villain that's it no it was a whole lot more to it than that you know the empire Jedi, you know, uh, uh, the force, believing in yourself, you know, it's it's a lot more stuff than just like, you know, the hero and then the villain and you make, you know, uh, some some um, easy, you know, easy, type, easy type plot. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, the DPs, as you say that, you know, this is these are one of the reasons I think me and you go back and forth in our arguments of outside nerddom and other things, because for this movie. You can watch this movie without having to watch something else. You know, and some of the things me and you argue about, these are the stories that I like that it really started in sci-fi to where you didn't have to watch A New Hope. You don't have to watch Return of the Jedi. For this movie to be a singular movie on itself, you can watch it as a film with a beginning, uh, you know, a middle and an end. And that's what is really unique about this at the time. So where still we have a hard time having directors find that means to do that in a current movie let alone in any other iteration in other movies so i can really appreciate what what lucas did at this time and you know how difficult it is even for current movie producers to to really pull this off you know because we understand that there's an overall story and he had a giant story but for him to really close this off the way he did and then for you to watch me return of the jedi as we'll get into um next um, each of these last two movies, you can watch them for their self 
and have appreciation for just that film and not have to worry about as we talk about the sequel trilogy leading into the prequels. As a film itself, this stands out, as, as Hitch said, as one of the greatest. Yeah, it had a big reveal in it. Yeah. Everyone likes the big reveal. And when you were following it, I mean, I remember in the news when this movie came out, it was like, hush, hush. On premiere night, the next day, newspapers went crazy. Really? With, wow. it, I mean, newspapers were leading with the reveal. Wow. Vader is Luke's father. Yeah, they were leading with it. With it was, the, it was headline. The, they didn't believe spoilers back then, I guess. The spoiler well, alert. No, yeah, there wasn't. Well, you know, you, 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 you got your news from a newspaper, right. and yeah. that was it. One of the first, like, message boards ever was live in the early 80s, and there was speculation I found on it from, like, 1982 about what mm -hmm. people thought was going on. A lot of people thought Vader was lying. Just lying, just straight up lying to Luke. Lying, lying to get emotion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that is and, funny. That's and on set, he said, Obi-Wan killed your father. And then uh, Mark Hamill reacted like that because Hamill knew what, it, what the real line was, but no one else on set did. No one else did. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. His reaction's like a little over the top. Yeah, this, like, huh. this, this film, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but this film, when it was – when. The anticipation for this film to be released was immense. I mean, this was the one that they hid under the uh, the guise of Blue Harvest. That was the name of the film, Blue Harvest, and it was a it was a it was a slasher film. It was a serial killer film, like Friday the Thirteenth, which was huge at the time. I mean, this was a huge franchise in the theater, so. Lucas and the gang said, well, you know, we're going to do a slasher film, too. We're going to call it Blue Harvest, but it's actually Empire Strikes Back. I mean, there was such a buzz about this thing wow. that, I mean, think about it. The biggest thing on America's mind at the time was was this film coming out. And what what is the big, what's the big, what's the big deal? What's the big question that's going to be answered? And I'm always... I'm always interested in like media stuff. So to hear that context and, you know, media obsession with like a movie, you know, of all things, you know, with, with so much more quote unquote important stuff that's going on in, in, you know, around the world and stuff. And here you are fat infatuated newspapers leading with, you know, the big reveal and everything, you know, like a, 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 uh, like a sports team just winning a game or whatever, or a, a person, a, a player getting traded to another team and all that stuff. You know this uh, for fiction. That's that's a really that's a um. That's, it, was, it was huge, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and think about it. Early '80s. What else was going on? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and as you say it, though, think about it. The early '80s. What was dominated in the market? Horror films. I mean, yep. for this sci-fi movie to come out. Yep. You know, you got that's your uh, The Shinings, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, this comes out, and you're like, you know, it's a, it's not the norm. You know. Right. And then for that to get that media fair, as you said, after the New Hope came out to this now, it's it's really touching the media that like you know it was thriving. You know, your Stephen Kings and, and all these things. Here's this guy, this George Lucas, you know, guy coming out with some, you know, space, you know, sci-fi laser swords and all this stuff. And for you, like you said, you know, uh, Tarkin, for this to be dominated in the media like that at this time, very, very, very big, big thing. You know, that leads us, you know. 40 years later, discussing the same story. I think wow. it's interesting. It's interesting to think of, of 
Star Wars in the context of the other media that was made the copy Star Wars too, because you had like Battlestar Galactica, and then that was just a straight up ripoff. And and so Star Wars, this movie had to basically decide what are the things from Star Wars the movie that are part of this universe, right? So the things that got duplicated, and and I think that they did a really good job casting off the real campy stuff and keeping the good stuff. So mm-hmm. just a big and and all the production looks so good you know we talk about how everything looked lived in in star wars and everything here looks lived in and complicated and real functional like it's gonna like it would just jump off the wall and start you know running uh just really awesome set design really great too. and i noticed and i noticed on this print as well that the set design like in luke's recovery room it's not just like um tan panels it's actually standing on panels like wearing and standing on panels that you can see in the new print so man I, I maybe I maybe I was trying to get a different type of perspective on this rewatch, but I was so distracted by how gorgeous everything looks in 4K. My God, really- oh, you saw in 4K. So during that scene, did you hear the intercom? I, I heard there was an intercom. What were they saying? So Luke's there on the bed, and Han and Chewie and Leia all of a sudden leave because of what they heard on the intercom. What does the intercom say? Did you hear it? All they say is important personnel report to the command center. Important, just important personnel. So they all left. Important personnel report to the command center. It says it twice. That's it. I figured you'd be able to hear it better on like a a better. If you watch the VHS, which I did, it's really (laughs) hard to. Yeah, I have the 1983 release of like on Fox film, the VHS of Empire Strikes Back. I watched that. And you can't even hear that. But on the newer, like the DVD Blu-ray, you can hear it. Um, oh, that's, that's incredible. I wouldn't even watch that VHS. Seriously. There were so many different compositions in this that were that the widescreen matters. I feel like, I like you, like you were saying, I saw that movie so many times on VHS. The, the stuff on the edges, like I didn't even, like it isn't even there in my memory. So uh-huh. every time I watch this movie now, it's like watching, like, like you know, like one third of a new movie <laughs> on either side. I'm impressed on how they move the characters like in different positions. So you 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 have um Luke really at the beginning and then he gets really taken off the board and then we really we're concentrating on on um well not taken off the board but he gets his own solo adventure and yeah. then um we we go back and forth between him and then the rest of the crew um you know Han Leia um Chewie and um you know they uh, get separated right yeah they just they basically get separated um, we meet Lando, Lando's introduction. He just makes the whole, you know, he makes things pop, you know, when he's on screen and everything. So he's, he, I, I love Lando. Lee Williams. Y'all, he man, he's a coming star at the time. I mean, he was big. And I'm harkening back to his times back in on, um, um, was it Rebels? Yeah, Rebels. Um, <laughs> and his, his hijinks and stuff. I mean, this is the same guy. I mean, you know, same actor, you know, doing, doing the same stuff and, you know, um, I mean, I'm I'm loving the guy, you know. It's it's crazy, and I'm like, man, I forgot he betrayed. Uh, he sold out, um, you know, Luke like that. Um, I'm sorry, um, Han and everybody like that. Um, he had to. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, had, he had to do what he had to do and everything. But I mean, he pops when he's on screen, and then um, we didn't really even get like a, any type of interaction with Han, with Lando and Luke when you know Luke got rescued and everything, you know. Um, that was I, I I love how characters are positioned 
away from each other and then come back is sort of the same way that um seven eight nine tried to do with mm -hmm. um with with the um or you know the three heroes from there but i don't think they did a um we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> before before we start remember the scene when luke is now like luke is now on bespin right and he's causing chaos and now vader and the empire is like they're disrupted and they're able to escape a little bit lando looks back over his shoulder to see who this luke is that the express the expression on his face he's like who is this guy i need to see him because i've heard so much about him it was like immediately we're going to get a you know some sort of connection between the two. I thought that was a like you were saying, BP. They mm -hmm. they built these characters up separate, but mm -hmm. then when they're together, they yeah. already know each other. Right. They're already familiar with each other, right. and right. that was that whole scene from like whatever point that is. It's like the last half hour, thirty five minutes of the film mm -hmm. when we're bringing the heroes all together in one place mm -hmm. for one goal. They don't know it yet. They don't quite know how it's all going to play out. But I love that scene when he looks over his shoulder like that to look through the the uh, the doorway just as it closes. Like, who is this guy, right. Skywalker? Yeah. Why is he causing all this ruckus? I mean, because he he's a guy that causes ruckus. And what foresight that Lucas had to even um, you know uh, I don't know how he had this all planned out and you can sort of see it in like, you know, the text and everything um, on, okay, I'm going to split these people up, bring them back together in like the um, sequel. So that's why you have like the anticipation from each movie to movie, because you're totally invested in characters. I love characters. I love character mm -hmm. development. You know, that's why we were talking about, you know, me and T Mitch action versus <laughs> character development. <laughs> <laughs> I love character development when you can get, Pitch, you, you you see him right his he's digging his own grave as we speak. So just just in case, just to unmet of this. So I have not seen the Batman yet, and so I was what? Not, I was not present on the review. This, this, this isn't this isn't even about that. This, this not isn't even about oh, it. Really no, this is oh. about Endgame. He's digging the grave for this movie. <laughs> Where the character development from? There was none, right? Okay. Okay. He's digging the grave, but anyways. Okay. All right. See. We're gonna anyways, have yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a nerd court yeah, show for you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You mentioned so like getting ready for the sequel trilogy, like. <laughs> oh, it's guys. I'm telling you now, it's gonna be epic. It's gonna oh be yeah, epic. sequel trilogy. That's gonna be just some mm, picking oh. apart. You know, putting the putting it. Okay, this. Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's interesting. Preview, I, I, I'm so excited to talk about the the uh, what it means to not have a canonical. Like timeline, hmm. more, right? What right. does that mean now that it's a multiverse? Does any of that like does that sort of diffuse the the dogmatic nerdery a little bit? Because yeah, it's just a different, it's just a different, slightly different, you know, spin on the tail. I don't know. It's a who decided? Um, who who said it has to be? It, it can't be a multiverse. Why why not? Who decided that? We 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 are accepting it because we're paying attention to it. It's interesting to think about the historical formulation of religions and how they go through phases where the original founders are there and then they're not anymore. And they're not, so yeah. the question becomes what really happened and what's the story actually about? And then there's an argument about, you know, what really is the story about? And so that becomes a big, a big thing in the second generation. And then the third generation comes in and they say, we can, you can do anything you want. 
it's all pretty much valid because we don't know any of the people that saw any of this stuff. So mm. there's no way for us to say your take on it's more legitimate than this take. Mm. And then as the religion becomes more adapted, the state or the power, the hegemonic power structure comes in and says, no, this is what the religion is and sort of imposes itself over the top. And those are the stages of the, of a, the adoption of, of a mass religion, just sort of viewed from, you know, without, without talking about any specific religions because that pisses people off. I, I prefer to be in the second stage because that's, that's the free thinking stage. I don't want anyone telling me what it was supposed to be. I'm going to view it and ex and I'm going to breathe into it what I think it is. Right. What's right. so fascinating about this is that when when Star Wars was sold to Disney, I thought, you know, this is a big monolithic corporation with money. They're going to come in and smash, right? They're going to say, this is what the real story is. And then they sort of did that when they killed, you know, the Legend series. When they killed the Legends, yeah. Yeah. And so there, there was this idea, I think, at the time that they were going to be doing, oh, this is what Star Wars is. This is they're trying to tell us what Star Wars is. And I think that, and we'll talk about this later, but I think some of your problems with Episode Eight is that's what it does. It tries to say this is what Star Wars is. It's this specific thing. Right. But now, you know, Marvel has really set the stage and led the way with this idea that content is better with a diverse amount of flavors when it's not all exactly the same when it's a little bit different and i think that we're going to see the fruits of that in star wars first just because star wars already has animation and different eras and different characters and times and, and everything is a diff differing mixture so i'm looking forward to, to this yeah. new free world yeah and as, as we discussed this empire strikes back and before then we discussed the um the obi-wan kenobi trailer as i was just kind of thinking about empire strikes back um I think they leaked a pretty big character in the middle of that trailer. But I don't. I didn't get early, but now when I seen, I was just kind of looking at some images of um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, we might get our early, uh, you know, our first view of of a legendary character here. You guys have any idea who that is? Mm -mm. So when watching the trailer, there was a shoot. There was a scene in the alley in a specific blaster that belongs to somebody. I'll let you guys fill in that blank. You still get a blank? No, no, no. There is a during the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. I don't know if Hitch wants to play it again. There is a blaster when a and a Inquisitor is staring this person down. It's a very specific blaster. Well, I know we know one person has a blaster that's specific. Okay. That's who that is. So I'll just keep that to myself. You already Ezra? know. So. Could it be Ezra? You'll see it and you'll know. I, it's I very. Say I'm excited to see what they do with Ezra, but I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna start digging now. <laughs> I caught it, and I, I was thinking, why would you show that scene? And it was the shadow of it and everything. I was like, oh, that, wow. Specific attachment on the top of it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, guys, I mean, another fun episode here as as we continue our our march to Obi-Wan. I mean, like I said, it's kind of like the, uh, the pinnacle of the spring here, you know, as we get into, uh, the Star Wars hot season, you know, and we get into the spring, you know, we get into Star Wars celebrations, we get into May the 4th. Um, a lot of interesting things, you know, ears pricking up at Lucas films, a lot of shows coming out, uh, you know, 
a lot of a lot of talk. You know, Andor coming out. Uh, you know, they're already talking about a season two for that series. So, you know, so much content for us to discuss. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're already talking about a season two. So they're already thinking it's going to be a slam dunk. But and, and it's more of the things that Hitch likes to see. You know, more of your. You know, we talk about it. It's not just Jedi and Sith. You know, Rogue One was you know was a great movie, and yeah. there wasn't what. But ten minutes of lightsabers in it, if that five minutes. So, yeah. you know, you know these stories that you know this. And, and Candace talked about it, this is the universe is so diverse. It doesn't have to be about Jedi and Sith all the time. We can see these stories. We can see these rebels. You know, really rebel alliance stories of the birth of the rebellion and, and kind of mm-hmm. what that went through. Is you know, as Cassian said, you know, I've been doing this since he was what five, six. You know, it's it's nice to see these stories and how they evolve and how these characters evolve and um very interested to see uh you know my personal opinion as we cut off is i i think is in the future what they're going to do is uh even in this luke series i think we're going to see a young princess leia i really think we're going to see it they don't have to do carrie Fisher. Yeah. they're going to yeah. do a young princess yeah, leia. They, they have they're to they they're going to do it they're yeah, going to they show his to. sister so they will see a young leia which will be like you know it's just the the, the way they're building this stuff and you know as we discuss this as we said episode five review i mean it all started here and look where we are 20 40 years later you know still i mean i'm I'm thinking okay well after six what happened between seven eight i mean i'm sorry what happened between six and seven you know so um what yeah, are they I mean, gonna do to that fill to mando. that's mando yeah. and grogu that's where they are and, yeah, it's mando that's grogu there, and yeah. no, hopefully that's the luke series but based on the timeline and the shows they have that would have to be like 2025. I mean, to, you know, what's up with Vader? We'd still like, like to see a Vader story. That would be a big one. There was Vader breathing in that Kenobi trailer. Yeah, there was Vader in there. That check has definitely been written, and they've confirmed oh, yeah. it. It's yeah, there's, what, there's, two, there's two fights, but I'd like to see a Vader series, you know. Hopefully we see more of Mustafar. Um, you know, the, we're getting the Inquisitors, so yeah, I mean, it's these I'm thinking about a Vader series, but it's just like one of those Yule Logs of him in a back to tank. Just... <laughs> I know I'm, I missed when you guys were talking about the uh, Kenobi uh, trailer, but you know what my favorite scene was? Spending my uh, saber. No, Luke on top of his house. Yeah. Steering. And Kenobi, the look on his face, like he knew there was something there. There was potential there. There was just a connection. I thought that was the, that, that was great. See, I mean, a lot of cool stuff, but I thought that, that piece of the uh the trailer was like my favorite like seeing luke flying something he doesn't even know what he's flying yet but he's flying it and you know he's going to be be very very good at it you know that also foreshadows ken though if you think about it Hmm. anakin exactly that's the first time he met anakin he was flying the pod racer and he was kind of pretending like he was in remember he was in Watto's cockpit when he yep. met him so it and that's what he was doing too together. yep so it yep. kind of ties that story together so I mean, the details we discussed, you know, that these guys go to that in the Easter eggs they drop us to that ties all this together. It's just it's phenomenal in my eyes. I just I can't wait. I love discussing this every week with you guys. I mean, what better way to, to cap off a weeknight than discuss Star Wars and a bunch of nerds, right? I, one 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 other nerd thing just on Empire. Um, biggest cameo in the movie. DP, what is it? Biggest cameo. Oh man. Um think about the time it was released. Biggest cameo. 
I, I can't, I can't, I can't think of it. I, I watched the movie over like three days. So. <laughs> so I'll give you a hint. It's somewhere everybody knows your name. And he ended up when he grew up, he became a post, uh, post, uh, post, postman. Uh, uh, Ted, Ted Danson? What? No, no, man. Raps, raps close. John Rutzenberg, I think his name is. He was the rebel soldier that told Leia that the shield doors had to be closed because it was getting too cold and Han and Luke were still outside. Oh, okay. From Cheers, the mailman. She tried to be like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cold out there. You know, you don't want to be out. Big, it's a big nerd thing. And I I just gave that to everybody in the world right now because it is a (laughs) trivial pursuit question that you can win now. You can win this Yeah. And I think the, uh, the, I, I forget what the, I think the, the question is something like, what movie does everybody know your name actor played in? And you just say, you say Empire Strikes Back and it explains that Cheers, the, 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 the mailman from Cheers is in Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. Very, watch the movie now. You'll see the guy. You'll be like, oh, my God, he put on like 100 pounds. That's why I didn't recognize him. But that's him. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you just got a, an interesting fact to get an answer ahead of everybody on Trivial Pursuit. So <laughs> thank, thank Tarkin when we're at the final question of Trivial Pursuit and it comes up. And now you have the answer in three seconds. That sixth, that sixth piece, of pie, piece of pie, you got it. <laughs> Interesting, interesting way to end the show, guys. And like we discussed before, um, you know, next week, uh, DP, are we going to pivot to, uh, we're going right in episode six? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So we will see you guys next week at a breakdown of episode six. And like we say all the time, guys, please interact with us on all our platforms. We don't discuss Star Wars here. We discuss movies, all cool, cool, cool things nerddom-wise as far as, you know, across all of our platforms so please always interact with us on our facebook groups please smash a like and all obviously please give us those ratings on all our other platforms or listening podcasts live and or at a later point so uh really appreciate you guys and until next week this is the way this is the way